and welcome back to another episode of the Million Dollar Coach Podcast. Joined today by the team of Ash, Sam, and Tony's popped in to hang out with us today. As always, that's a treat. So how are you guys? <laughs> Doing great. Um, I'm just curious how many times or how hard it is for you to not screw up the podcast introduction. Very difficult. Very, And I've done it like I think I did on a Chuck's podcast where I introduced it as affiliate and it was not. So. Well, I mean, the good news is it's all right. So it's just different versions or different categories of it. But I was as you were doing that, I was about to you said million. I was like, my brain glitched. And I was like, her brain has to glitch. It does. I consciously have to look at the top of the screen before I do a, a recording. So, yeah, it's fun. And I've got another podcast recording straight after this. So guaranteed I'll muck it up somewhere. But that's fun. We're real. All right, team. I thought today we would uh, talk a little bit on the concept of coaching because that's what we hear about, the Million Dollar Coach podcast. But talking about coaching without goals. There's a lot of coaches out there that will either import their own goals onto a client or just have someone come in with something generic and, and away they go. But the question I want to dig into today is how can coaches truly be coaching if they don't actually know the real goals of the client? Just a small teeny tiny topic to bounce around today. And go. And they can end of story podcast down. <laughs> you've been here. You've seen this done before, Ash. Taking one out of Tony's book. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do that. There's not, there's a lot of empty pages in there. Uh, I mean, respectfully, this is, this is my fault. I broke protocol and I preemptively suggested that this should be the episode that we record uh, here because it is definitely a topic of contention. Particularly because this podcast, the point of this podcast is, well, ideally, if you're listening to this podcast, it's the assumption that you want to make more money, right? Um, in theory, get to a million dollars and then beyond. But um, there's a giant disparity in terms of the value that is um, intended and actually provided. And I think one of those big sort of parts of those conversations is what are you actually providing value for? So that was really why I wanted to talk about this in this podcast. And that's essentially why I'm sitting here in a dog cage to present this topic to you guys. So, um, but that's, that was just me letting the cat out of the bag that it was not solely responsible for it this time. And I was not blindsided. Yep. With spoiler alert. I, you know, I think about this is so part of me, first of all, Ash, I love your answer because, you know, we get to, give the answer away right at the right at the front is you can't um but there's the the geek in me that wants to be like okay now let me paint the big broad picture about why that's impossible um and i guess the first question that <clears throat> if i were a coach hearing that and being like the hell i do the first question i would want to ask that coach is okay how many of your clients that you onboarded in the last year came to you with goals and or did you ask, hey, what are your goals coming into this? And I would say uh, some number greater than zero would say, you know, hey, I did that with X number of clients. And the very next question I would ask is, cool, 
how regularly are you following up on that? And I know that I know what I see. I know what I experienced. I mean, my experience was that was hard to do. I did that. And that was really hard to do. That felt hard. (laughs) I don't like Like, do that. I'm not going to do thrusters anymore. Those were not right. They were not kind to me. Right. And like, so keeping track of, okay, I've got X person in X class. Their goal is to do this. And our workout is that. So I got to make, take that into account when I'm, you know, approaching scaling options or recommendations for that workout, for that person, knowing that they're going to be in that class. That's a lot of work. Right. And I'm a geek. Like I'm a geek and I like, I like this stuff and that's a lot of work. And so I'm going to guess that there's a bunch of people who said, you know, a number greater than zero to the first question and oh shit to the second question. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, there's a, well, there's two parts to this. So I guess clarity or disclaimer here, when we say coaching without goals, but this is not to imply you as a coach do or do not have goals. Um, ideally, I would hope you have your own goals. But what we're talking about is your ability to be a coach without effectively communicating or conversating with clients about their goals um, and how you actually provide value. Because there's no shortage of, of coaches in the CrossFit space, really in the, in the training space in general, outside of CrossFit as well, who would like to make more money. But there are very few coaches who are having too many conversations. Right. And like, um, you know, there's a, there's a saying, especially internally with affiliates, is that contacts equal contracts. And essentially the amount of conversations you have lead to the amount of transactions you are directly responsible for. And so if you would like to have more money, the question that I would always pose to any potential coach or any coach that is in pursuit of more money is how many conversations are you having with the intention of deriving more money? Uh, and the answer is almost unanimously, well, I'm not because I don't like to do sales or I don't do sales, right? And so if you've listened to the Fit Billiard podcast, it's probably one of the reasons that I jumped onto this podcast today is that there's a huge conversation about what sales actually really is. And really, that's just the conversation of sales is purely persuasion. It's really your ability to get people to make better decisions, right? So um, that obviously usually leads to a transactional nature um, in, in some regards. And like, I'm going to get you to make a better decision. You can pay me and I'll help you with that decision. But, you know, most coaches, I think, are genuinely averse to, to the persuasion or sales conversation, first and foremost. But I think if we boil it way down, I don't know how you can do your job as a coach if you do not have conversations about goals. Absent of any conversation about finance or making more money or otherwise, it, it, to, I guess, get to the root of this, and when you go way back and, and hopefully, again, you know that we have a belief that there's a big difference between training and coaching, right? And so the vast majority of what you engage in on a day-to-day basis as a coach is training, right? You are in front of a class, you are teaching a class, you are delivering a program, you are delivering a curriculum, and you are enforcing and ensuring that that curriculum is delivered well, efficiently, enthusiastically, and otherwise. That's not necessarily coaching. Um, and that I think is a big fundamental breakdown in the entire community and that like most people consider that to literally be coaching and don't get me wrong. You can be a trainer who coaches really, really well through the use of like coaching, leading and understanding. But in order to do that, to break from that trainer role into that coach role, 
you would need to know where Ash is trying to get to in order for me to intervene with that conversation. And we call that the action intention intervention gap here. But like, if I don't know what Ash's intentions are, I can't measure Ash's actions towards those intentions. Therefore, as a coach, I can't intervene. But if I don't know those intentions, that doesn't matter at all to a trainer, right? Because my job is to deliver what's written on the whiteboard to the masses and make sure that they do it well, safely uh, and effectively, and then they get to that endpoint. And, you know, that is, I think, one of the big fundamental breakdowns is why I wanted to kind of talk about it here and, you know, disclose it as we try to help you guys get to the point of making more money. The question is, are you actually doing the thing that you think you're doing in exchange for the money that you're charging? Or are you accidentally providing the other service thinking that that is the service that you're charging for? Because like, here's the unfortunate part of training. I hope I don't offend anybody, but it's not really worth anything. Uh, you can be a really good trainer, and I think that that's worth something. But training is essentially your ability to articulate and disseminate information. And you are days, if not weeks, away from AI stealing your lunch and being able to do that for free. But I can tell you what's not coming for anybody's job Computers aren't going to be taking coaching away anytime soon. So we, we really need, even if you guys don't make more money, to understand what makes you inherently valuable. Because we're not that far away from being able to ask any version of AI, like, what's a good CrossFit training program? And they're just going to literally recite 30 days of .com to you. You'd be like, perfect. right? But the person who delivers that is what matters. So back to the root of this thing, if you don't know where your clients are trying to get to, I don't know how you can look at what's on that whiteboard and know, okay, this is what Sam needs to be doing today. This is what Ash needs to be doing today. This is what Lisa needs to be doing today. And then making and challenging their actions towards their intentions to ensure that they got the, the most out of that day. Otherwise, the vast majority of people in CrossFit are one, absent of goals, first and foremost. And two, um, most coaches are absent of that conversation or goals. So like you just hope that CrossFit develops and decides their goals for them. You're like, I don't really know what Ash's goal is, but I know that like a three minute Fran time is better than a five minute Fran time. So if she gets there, she's on track. And like, that is the vast majority of what most people consider to be coaching. And it's not entirely wrong, right? Cause like if I get Ash from a five minute Fran time to a three minute Fran time, I ultimately know that pretty much every area of her life is going to likely get better. And this is what's allowed so many so much of the confusion between the coach and the trainer conversation and the almost laziness to occur that happens in an affiliate on a day-to-day -day basis. Cause like it's so effective CrossFit that like you don't really even need to do a lot of coaching, you know, like learning, understanding or, or developing your person to help them solve goals. I know that like if Sam wants to run a hundred K endurance race, or he wants to just, you know, climb a mountain or he wants to you know, get a promotion at work, you just kind of come to CrossFit five days a week. Like you don't really need to know that much more, but if you want to make more money, you might want to insert yourself in those conversations. That was a long rant. Sorry. No, I like that rant. I actually want to add on to that. And I'm glad you finished it by saying, if you want to make more money, you have to have those conversations because uh, yes, you can be a part-time coach and coach your classes and, you know, just refer to the whiteboard and this is the stimulus today. Okay. Everybody hit the stimulus. We're on track. But when you have those conversations with each individual and you're trying to give them what they need or what they're looking for to achieve their goals, um, then that's the beginning of a relationship. And then it's also the beginning of, you know, you're planting that seed for them to trust you, that you're going to get them there. And it also, you know, like Tony said, it, it's 
an opportunity for you to kind of put that in the back of your mind and go like, I bet there's another value I can provide that person with in the future to also help them achieve their goals outside of just the one hour class they come to three days a week or whatever. Right. When it's, it's one not thing just I jump in here and say one thing, then you can go, Sam. Um, sure. Disclaimer, I'm not saying that you as a coach should be changing the programming to meet no. the needs of every individual person. Just so we're clear on that. The program is the program and it works. Don't change that, but understand what they're going to get out of that program. That's all I want to say. Sam, you go ahead. No, that, that works really, really well. And so to make it clear, for those of you who are, you know, who might be listening to this because you know Ash or I and you're you're like, yeah, I'll give it a listen. And then you're meeting Tony for the first time. And you're like, who is this jabroni to say what he's saying? <laughs> know that what he's saying isn't out of line with CrossFit. So James Hobart, you know, has been on seminar staff since God was a baby. Like. Hobart has said publicly multiple times, CrossFit done poorly still works. Right. Really, you really could, well, actually, I might add. Yeah. Like, and like, that's the power of this methodology. You can come in and do, uh, I'm, gonna, I don't, I'm not going to cast a on anyone anywhere, but a half-assed job of coaching can be done. And the people inside of the room, so long as they remain injury free, will still get fit. You know, when we that is different from providing value. And if we want to talk about providing value, that value has to be above and beyond a what everyone else is doing, and then also above and beyond no. b um, what is the <laughs> dogs so just, just off setting everybody off. <laughs> <laughs> Um, above and beyond what everyone else is doing and then be above and beyond what sits in your brain, you know, because likely your ability to capitalize in a 60 minute class that is structured for a bunch of people on everything that is in your skull is not as optimal as it could be. So doing the, if I wanted to point someone at like adding value to something, I would say, don't do it in a class to start with do it in a one-on-one -on -one session to begin with, right? Like, and this is where like, I want to know what your one-on-one -on -one training interactions look like. How much value are you actually providing in one-on-one? -on -one? And that tells me a lot about how much that could scale in a group environment and what your capability of doing that, you know, or what your affiliates capability of doing that in a group session might look like. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of nuggets in there. Um, so I, I want to unpack them, but I guess it's probably worth just expanding on. Like, I guess first and foremost, another disclaimer: this is not a universally, uh, not a universal challenge to just coaches. Um, on the other podcast, on the affiliate podcast, this is probably generally the singular universal struggle of affiliate owners in that they're not entirely sure what they're selling, and I don't mean that to sound like you know an accusation. It's just that. I have consulted with enough gym owners now to know that the thing that they do intend to sell and uh, or mean to sell is, is CrossFit, no doubt as an affiliate, that's what they're supposed to be doing. But the, a million people can espouse to me the the definition of CrossFit, but very few people can tell me the application and the implementation of CrossFit. And, you know, I've essentially traveled the world for the last 10 years talking about that because like as it applies to gymnastics and that it gets even more complicated. Right. And so kind of to explain then like what, what, what Sam was saying about, um, you know, Hobart's definition, and everything else, like I have at this point been in 
probably a th almost a thousand affiliates, right? And in, in, in over a decade. And I can tell you some of those are worth seminars or just drop-ins or otherwise. Um, they all produce fitness. Every single one of them and every single one of those affiliates doesn't matter where they are, what corner of the world they're in or what language they speak. Fitness is being developed in those affiliates. Now, are they good affiliates or bad affiliates? I'll leave that judgment up to the people who'd like to decide it. But like the bottom line in that, and the point of that is that CrossFit works. It's the standard. It's the barrier to entry. It's the, it's the thing that we all build upon. And therefore, that thing is also free. It's been free since its inception. It's go to the website. You can just do a workout. What you're paying for, no doubt, is access to your gym, your community, your equipment, or otherwise. As a coach, what you are being paid for is you're ready to utilize that space to the development of those people. But the thing is, is that the program that you develop or the program that you deliver doesn't really matter as much as we would like it to matter, nor does the classes yeah. matter. What matters is what is the person in that class, one of 10, one of 30, whatever that size is, what are they getting out of it? And if you don't know that answer, I don't know how you can speak to the dollars that they're attributing to that 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 decision, that act, that purchase that they're making. And this, I think, is the problem universally across the whole thing. And like the point of this podcast and the point of really Fit Billion General is to bring wealth back to the CrossFit community, not even back, but to put wealth into the CrossFit community, because we know that the, the world's most vexing problem is solved in an affiliate. That's not a negotiable. Like we all agree with that. But that doesn't work if affiliates go broke and if great coaches need to go back to, you know, engineering jobs or things of that nature to make ends meet. And so if we don't get them to understand that, like how you CrossFit works 100 percent of the time, whether it be couplets, triplets or otherwise, single modality, it doesn't really matter. What matters is how you apply that. And what needs to happen in that conversation is you have in order to understand how to apply it, you have to know what it's being applied to. So if I don't talk to Ash or I don't talk to Sam and see where they're trying to get to, what are they struggling with and seeing what the problem is, I can't as a coach remove those limitations, mm -hmm. right? And the, the single most valuable thing that you engage in as a coach is your ability to remove limitations from people. Yeah. That's worth a fortune. And most coaches just don't do it. And that's unfortunately why they don't make much money. But I... I know it was a fundamental shift. For, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put user own words against you, um, or rather alongside of you. It was a fundamental shift for me when I heard it described like this. Um, affiliate owners and even head coaches or whoever who think they sell CrossFit when someone comes in, that's like someone walking into a shoe store and the guy behind the counter being like, I would like to sell you some running, you know, <laughs> and, and running is the thing that you do. It's not what you're selling. Right. right. And, being able to one be clear on that and then two have that drive what you do like that's a huge it's a huge huge shift and then actually doing something about it and this i ran into this when i when i actually tried to, to increase my value uh during personal training and i was like how you know how deep can i get with these people how much can i connect and i I really dove in and the people that I worked with made um, progress hand over fist. And it was, it was amazing to watch. It was amazing to be a part of. I also learned a very valuable lesson. I, if I don't have like top down support from an organization, from an affiliate that I'm working with, 
it's nigh into it's nigh into impossible for me to have that same effect at the group level at the group class level you know i i can try but if the thing that i'm trying to do hasn't even been communicated by the people who onboarded people then the person might never have been asked what it's important to you what do you want to get better at how can i help you you know um and then of course there's the other side there's the coach where it's like are you ready you know, like, and, and I know so many times as, as trainers and as a person who called himself a coach before I understood what we talked about when we meant that, you, you know, you walk in, you take yourself seriously, do the seminars, you, you know, you take the extra classes, you get the certs, you ascend in your levels. It's a different feeling entirely when you really start to deepen that relationship with that athlete, you know, and you, you say, Hey, what's important to you? And by asking them, you give them permission for them to ask you for help. And if you agree to that, that's not a lighthearted thing. That's a super serious thing. And I, I want coaches to, I'm going to, I'm going to use this phrase over and over again, because I, it's, it's so important to me. I want coaches to ascend their impact and their income, right? But I also want them to understand this is a not a lighthearted thing. And people put their lives in our hands. They trust us with their, not just their bodies, but their dreams. And in order for us to be able to do that, we've got to take ourselves seriously. And we've got to, as, a, as practitioners of a craft in an industry, Stop treating it like the thing that is, you know, the thing we do on the side. And once we take it seriously, once we start treating it like we are changing people's lives because we are, whether you like it or not, you know, then that puts us in a position to begin to do the things that like, okay, how deep can I get? How much can I affect? And I think like a lot of coaches and even affiliate owners struggle with how do they communicate, you know, that stuff because sometimes people just come in and they're like, yeah, I just want to, I just want to get sweaty and work out. I just want to be healthy. There's a whole heap of other things underneath it, but it's, you know, knowing how to communicate that, you know, your value and, and the value in having that, that more connected relationship, but also then in, making that first approach to have that conversation can be, you know, we talk about coaches feeling um, like sales are icky. Well, you know, kind of sitting down with somebody that you've just met and trying to build that relationship and then say, so tell me your deepest, darkest, like why are you really here? Like I know it's not just to, to, you know, to, you know, get a little sweaty each week. Like, you know, how's your sex life? Like, you know, do you, you know, all of those things is like, that's, that's a confronting thing. The flip side of that is, you know, to, to your other point about the, you know, we've got to treat this like a serious uh, endeavor and be professional and, and think of it as professional. The hard thing is the there's a common perception out in the coaching or the, you know, the affiliate space is that, you know, you'll never make money being a coach. It's you've got to have a second gig. And yeah. I was looking at some Instagram stories on another account. Um, 
the other day where they were asking if all the coaches in an affiliate are level one qualified. And there were so many that came back saying no because, well, my coaches all have regular jobs, so it's too onerous to expect them to go and keep renewing their qualification. Mm. So that's the whole flip in the whole let's make this a professional space you can make money when people are not even serious about going, well, no, I'm going to keep my credentials up to date and have that come top down. Yeah. It's changed the lasagna, right? I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Like everybody, everybody's version of lasagna is the version of lasagna that they're used to, right? So when mom comes home and she switches up the lasagna, I mean, to everybody at the table, it's like a completely different meal, right? And, and, I think there's a there's a couple of things to unpack in this. The, the first thing that I want to go on record saying though is how much I enjoy Ash's computer screen now because she's so much brighter. Um, I just had to say that because I want to say it. I forgot about it, but um, she's uh, poor Ash. She's now out of witness protection. Um, but you know, so I think it, my point in the lasagna thing is that most people's version of CrossFit is the version of CrossFit that they've experienced, right? And you know, as we as we burgeoned up to like 17,000 affiliates and wherever we're at now, it doesn't really matter. But the point is that a lot of people have been exposed to CrossFit, especially in the last 10 years. But there's like a, there's a handful of camps of people who've experienced CrossFit. There's like the, the earlier versions of CrossFit where like, it was like, let me tell you about CrossFit. And the reason that that's important, and if you've heard like some of the guests that have been on the Fit Billiard podcast, like you get back to those early years, like CrossFit was yours to decide what it was going to be like, right? Like that, that could be, man, there was no shortage. And I think all of us who are like 15 plus year CrossFitters, like we all, we all did the same workouts, but our experiences, our story, our backstory is completely different. And I say this only to say that you can always change the lasagna. It can always get better, right? Even if you own the restaurant, your goal is obviously to, to improve upon the menu, not necessarily change it and make it worse and one of the things that is is pretty fascinating to me in the affiliate space is that um, with the work that we do with affiliate owners we obviously help them get to a point where they they create you know for lack of a better term a client-centric service model where instead of it being um, affiliate centric which is really where most affiliates are there's two types there's client centric and there's affiliate centric meaning the needs of the affiliate are considered first or the needs of the client are considered first and so we try to get everybody to switch to a client centric service model and everybody unanimously wants to go to that point right as soon as you present like the reality that like hey you're being affiliate centric because you're guarding your needs and your wants and your in your your pursuits but like you're not being client centric but they're the ones who have to pay you everybody's like oh my god i didn't even realize i was doing that so Affiliators always make the shift, and here's what ends up happening: they change the lasagna, right? They 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 come forward with this client-centric model where, like, they get into this this position where they can care more and sit down with people, and they're like, "We're going to do accountability, we're going to do all these things," and then they roll it out to their staff, and their staff is like, "Whoa, like that's not CrossFit, like, because their version <laughs> of CrossFit, their version of the lasagna is very different, right? It's just a basic bolognese with some cheese on the top, right? Like now somebody, the affiliate owner is like, we're going to do bechamel and it's going to be multiple layers and it's handmade. They're like, I'm out. I don't want the, I don't yeah. even like mushrooms, right? So, and what's the reason I bring that up is, is not because this, there's a civil war. It's that like people only know what they know. It's your job, both as an affiliate owner, but also as a coach, because you're the front line, right? Like there's, better or worse, 15,000 affiliate owners, you know, partners or otherwise, but let's just call it 15,000. There is well over 100,000 coaches in the CrossFit space, you know, L1s or otherwise. 
And so you are no doubt the infantry. You are the front line in this battle that we are trying to wage against, you know, health and, and otherwise. So it's up to you, if not the affiliate, to be the one who changes the lasagna, right? Like you have to change the service model. And, you know, to Sam's point about like getting to a point of care, you know, part of some people's experience in lasagna, care is not a part of that conversation, right? It's competition. It's, you know, it's all these other things where it's like, I'm just here to like hurt myself or like exercise my demons and come out the backside of this and, and then do it again tomorrow. You know, having a, an intense conversation or sit down conversation with somebody about like their personal life or their goals or otherwise is not a part of the lasagna they're interested in. And that's okay. They don't have to be, but they need to know. And you need to know if you're listening to this, if that's your thing, like you're a trainer, that's it. That's fine. You're not a coach. And if you're going to get to the point of making a lot of money, coaches will out earn you 100% of the time because their value proposition is 10 X a trainer's value proposition. It can't be Google. It can't be acquired for free. Otherwise it is in the value that you directly apply to the solution that I provide to Lisa, to Ash, to Sam, right? Like, cause that's it. What are you struggling with? Why is this a struggle for you? How am I going to remove that for you? That's what you're paying me for. So if we're going to change the world, we're going to save the world. Not only do we need you guys to make more money, but like you also need to make more money for the work that you're doing, but you have to know how to do that. And, you know, not asking somebody about their goals and sitting down with them. I can see why some people are averse that they're like, that's uncomfortable. It's icky, right? Like people like Jaleesa's point, sales is icky. Sales persuasion is not icky. Objections are icky, right? Like people don't want the confrontation. Right. But I challenge any coach to a simple question is that, resolution is the key foundation of every relationship doesn't matter whether it's personal or professional like these two people who haven't agreed upon resolution to a situation working together to to resolve the situation absence of of conflict there can be no resolution period because until i pose the problem can i make sam aware of something he's probably not ultimately aware of and then upon opposing that that conflict that confrontation together we can come up with a resolution this is truly what you were being paid to do. And, and we've all been in the room with a client who was just like, they're not squatting below parallel or like nutrition is clearly starting to struggle for them. And they're starting to gain weight, even though they're coming to class like five or seven times. And you're like, I really want to say something, but I don't want to say something. But like the one conversation you don't want to have is the number one conversation you need to have, especially if you're being paid to change somebody's life. Right. And like, this is an important part of it. And it's not just, you know, me to get in the soapbox and say it. Cause like, listen, I'm guilty too. Right. Like sometimes just like, it's going to fall on deaf ears. Cause there's a, there's a handful of just asshats who take classes, right? Like they don't even want to be coached. They're there to pay you to, to leave them alone. Yeah. And we're not talking about them. They're not going to be the ones who get you from zero to a hundred K a year and from a hundred K to a million. If you're going to climb the ladder of income, you're going to have to climb the ladder of solutions that you provide for people. You can't do that without conversations. And when the conversations, you you learn how to communicate that, um, you know, which is something we cover in the course, but it's, you know, being able to communicate that you're coming from a place of care versus just, hey, you know, why are you eating shit all the time? Like it's coming from I care about you and your progress and you're investing time and effort here. and you know, I, for yeah. <laughs> I want you know, I want you to be well. Like, why is that why is that a struggle for you right now? How mm -hmm. can I help? Versus, you know, you know, hey, 
you know, put down the Doritos, get in here. Like it's, there's, there's ways to communicate that, but I think coaches struggle with that. It's easy to, to say, Hey, squat lower and knees out and chest up and, you know, to throw around terms, but to actually get into that sort of conversation, it's uncomfortable because they don't know how to have that conversation because maybe no one's had that conversation with them. One, I think it's, it's easy to feel uncomfortable about having that conversation if you're standing at the front of the whiteboard thinking that what you're there to facilitate is CrossFit. You know, and Tony gave away the secret when he was talking just now. You're there to change people's lives. Mm. And whether or not any affiliate owner knows it or not, that's the business they're in. That's what they're selling, right? So there, we've given it away. You don't sell CrossFit. You sell freedom from whatever it is that people come in, they come in chained to some piece of baggage and through this regular and consistent discipline that improves their mental, emotional, and physical well-being, they get a path to freedom, right? We save lives when we coach CrossFit, right? If you as a trainer think that what you're there to do is run a five by five back squat and then 21, 15 to nine thrusters and pull-ups. Of course, you're ill-equipped to have the conversation with your member for whom you know their nutrition is not serving them. But if you understand that you're there to save lives, then it doesn't matter how uncomfortable you are. I have a duty. I have a, I have a purpose and a calling and this is, it's, it's like knowing math. I know that two plus two equals four. I know that working toward improving ourselves from a nutrition and physical capability standpoint will reduce your all cause, all cause mortality in the same way that I know smoking will increase your all cause mortality. And so I have a duty as a person who knows that to try to have that conversation and how comfortable I am be damned. You know, another layer to that, though, of when you're going to have those conversations and seek out their goals, um, you have to know how to meet them where they're at to start. Sure. It's that that journey, right? You know, if Sam comes to me and says, I want to run a 5K in May, um, you know, I, I can't walk my dog around the block without getting winded. I'm not going to run a mile, right? Like, <laughs> uh, we're going to say, well, okay, how long does it take you to walk around the block when you get winded? Uh, about 11 minutes. Okay, well, let's see if we can maybe do that every day and bring that time down, right? Like. I'm not going to send you out to run a mile because I'm going to hurt him. <laughs> I mean, there's so one other another disclaimer. I feel like I'm just here to show throughout disclaimers because the unfortunate part of me versus you guys is that I obviously sit on the other side of the screen, too, where one of my prior my primary concerns is affiliate owners. Um, but um, we're not I'm not suggesting at all, actually, that you should go to a PT first model. Um, I think that there might be this inclination as you listen to this, that like what we're saying is like break the class model and go to the individual model. Cause that's where the money's at. Like, no, actually for one um, personal training is like 
probably the worst use of your time in terms of scale and financial return. So you should definitely not willingly and willfully engage in that uh, unless like the people who are paying you are paying you an exceptional amount of money. But in order for that to happen, you should probably be providing an exceptional amount of value, which is going to be almost impossible unless you're actually communicating with them about their needs. But what we're talking about is how do you take the model that works 100% of the time, which we've all agreed upon, and then deliver it for more value. And where I think a lot of you guys who are listening to this are probably, you know, nodding your head in agreement that like that makes complete sense. The issue is, or the question is, are you in possession of the solution? Meaning, like if you're a part of an affiliate where people don't communicate individually on a regular basis, how are you going to sit Susan down and be like, hey, let's talk about your goal? She'd be like, that's weird. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Right. But that's not actually accurate at all. Right. There's on a day-to-day basis, in any class basis, there is plenty of time in a relatively well-ran class for you to understand where anybody is coming from in that given day. Mm-hmm. Every single person in that class, if CrossFit is done correctly, will confront a limitation. That's how the whole thing works. Right? The beauty of CrossFit is that it exposes you unapologetically every single day to what you are bad at, whether that be emotionally, whether that be physically, or some people it's financially, it doesn't really matter what it is. You're going to come up with a limitation to, you know, your, your evolution. It can still be done in the class environment. However, every single gym, every single coach that I've been a part of in the gym. And this is, this is assuming that like, you're not one of those people who became a CrossFit coach that you could just do a couple of workouts a day and not have to pay your gym membership. But I don't actually think you guys are probably listening to a podcast like this. If you are, this doesn't apply to you. Go finish your workout. Um, this applies to the people who are here because, you know, altruism aside, you do enjoy helping other people. You vibrate at a higher level when you're creating opportunities for other people. You also understand what CrossFit did for you and you want to pay that forward. And understandably, you might have been a part of a CrossFit program who didn't have a lot of individual conversations, but yet you still arrived at a very, very personal resolution you know in that crossfit changed your life you dropped a few pounds or whatever but know that like that's the beauty and the elegance of crossfit that's not a universal truth for most people they will likely run into their limitation over and over and over again and draw a conclusion that hmm, crossfit's just not for me it hurts when i do that or, or otherwise and so yeah. be a good coach is is really to like it's to encourage that they return not so that they show yeah. up today and in order to do that I need to, in that class space, if you guys are all in my class, I have to know what Ash is working towards, what Sam is working towards, what Lisa is working towards, so that I can individually, in my, you know, the things that I deliver, the cues, the comments, the corrections in, in the conversations, let them know what they're going to get out of today's workout as it applies to tomorrow's goal. Not just like, because they're going to look at five by five backspot and be like, how's this going to help me run my first 5K? And the answer is, we all know, anybody listening to this, I would assume know, easily right but they're like i need to go run more right and so like they probably skip the five by five back spot day or like worse they do that and then they go run and like the issue then is becoming coaching and coaching is not you know i think it always gets confused with like safety and efficacy and otherwise but it's not the case right it's really just about understanding people their limitations and removing those limitations and so even if you're in a gym and you're a part of a gym who's not individually sitting down and communicating you should still be doing it in a class and if you're doing yeah. it really, really well. I guarantee you, if I do that for Sam really well and Ash really well and Lisa really, really well, you're probably going to pull me aside and be like, hey, 
do you have some more time where you could expand on that? Right. And you're like, yeah. absolutely. Here's my calendar. Book it. It's a hundred bucks an hour, like whatever. Or you can direct them to any number of resources that you could and should be completing, like, you know, your personal blog or your, your subscription program or, you know, your online. There's a million ways for you to make money. All of them are in terms of your ability to provide value. But if you aren't starting centrally with understanding the solutions that you provide, um, you're not going to make any money. Like point blank, you can sell a garden hose for a thousand dollars if somebody yeah. needs a thousand dollar garden hose. But mm -hmm. if you just make a thousand dollar garden hose, you're probably going to walk around trying to sell it to everybody and their brother, but no one's going to buy it. You have to find your buyer first mm -hmm. without having conversations. You're never going to find your buyer. So you're just going to keep trying to sell it to the masses and you're going to get a lot more no's. So yeah. you want to make more money. You got to go find your buyer first. And you can't do that if you don't actually get to know people. Yeah. And that getting to know, like, I, I can, you know, I can feel the knee jerk reaction happening in some coaches, some trainers, whatever mouths as they're about to reply and be like, but I do know these people. I know what they do for fun and I know their I know their kids and I know their dog's birthdays. That's great. That's fine. Good. That's also the bare minimum. Like you should know those things, right? And if you're, you know, to the point where, you know, we got Ashley who wants to run the 5K and so why is she going to do five by five back squat? Well, how do I know Ashley wants to run a 5K? I haven't had the conversation with her. Do you have a goals board at your gym? Do people write down, hey, this month or this year, what are my goals, right? Do you check that goals board periodically? Do you check it before your class and then be like, oh, Ash is in my class. I should connect the dots on these two and make sure I touch base with Ash and let her know, hey, after this five by five back squat, I don't want you to go run, right? We're going to work on the strength today. We'll work on the endurance two days from now when we have, you know, such and such a workout. How how amazing is Ash going to feel that I have considered her personal goals when I was planning my lesson and I pulled that whole sentence took me, what, seven seconds? Yeah. You know, I took seven seconds to tailor something specifically for a person. Well, the knee jerk reaction that, out of this is everybody's going to say the same thing, Sam. They're going to say, I don't get paid enough to do that. Or like mm -hmm. the average CrossFit coach in a class is like, you want me to do, I barely even want to do this because I'm getting paid 10 or $15 an hour. And then it's today's affiliate post, right? It's like, yeah. it's impossible for you to care at scale because you don't charge to care at scale. Like, and yeah. so universally speaking, you're right. You probably don't get paid enough to do this. And that's exactly why you need to take it into your own hands and generate that revenue so yeah. that you and the affiliate understand the value of this because you actually are helping somebody get better. And then everybody wins. The client wins. You win as a coach. And so does the affiliate. But everybody's yeah. just waiting for permission. And like, as somebody who's taught seminars for a decade, I've said it in every single seminar, there's two types of people, those who seek education and those who seek validation. And there's probably a handful of you who are listening to this podcast today who want to be validated in your efforts and how well you coach a class and how it's not your fault that you're mm -hmm. not making money. And somebody else needs to bring you that check. And this ain't going to be a good podcast for you because on this conversation, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of education and it's not about like teaching you anything. It's just about exposing you to unconventional or different ways to, to consider alternate paths. And you have to look at, you know, if what I'm doing is not producing the results that I would like for it to produce, what other way can I do this? 
so that it produces the results that I need. And really the easiest way to do that in any scenario is how much more value can I provide? It doesn't matter. This is not just a gym conversation. You own a mechanic shop, you own a restaurant, like how much more value could I provide? And then what could I get in return from it? And then just pursue alternate paths. It's really all this is about. It's nobody's fault. It's, you know, we've all got here on our own, but you can just as easily get out of the situation, but you're going to have to make yourself more valuable. You you can. And I, I want to make sure, like, I don't, you, you we keep saying these things. You need to make yourself more valuable. I still think there are going to be some people who listen to this and say, yeah, but I have my level three, you know, and that makes you really valuable, but doesn't teach yeah, you anything it, about how to apply it. Yes. Yes. And so what I mean, like when we're talking about creating value, it's your opportunity to do so. It is not, I am valuable. Sure. Yeah, you are. But for there to be an exchange of, you know, exchange for the goods and services, you got to provide the goods and services. It's not, give me the money and I'll see what I can get you for it. You know? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not being entitled just because you've got something next to your name that, well, because I've got this, I'm worth this. Well, how have you demonstrated that? Like, now and apply... I- apply the principles of that thing that you now have next to your name. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm saying, go ahead, Ash, go. That, that whole, you know, 10 to $15 per class, I don't get paid enough to care that much or whatever, however you want to say it, or I don't get paid enough to, to do all that work. Um, well, that, that's not, you're not getting paid to do that. Like you're, you're getting paid to coach that class. It's your opportunity that you could take advantage of to get to know all of those goals so that you can see what there's a need for and then cash in on that essentially and in a nutshell not you know that simply but it's paid client acquisition right like if you if you owned a business yes. the beauty the be- the most beautiful thing you can find is a client financed acquisition channel where the clients pay you to find them right like and then you're already profitable in the beginning the beauty right. of being a coach in a crossfit gym is that there is no shortage of people who have an excess amount of awareness. The beauty of CrossFit is that it is the the most effective ability to create change, not because it's the greatest program on the planet, although it is, but it's simply that the entire emphasis of the program is to create awareness. And if you know anything about being around here, it's that like awareness precedes action in every single category. People will not change until the pain of staying the same outweighs the fear of change, the fear of change. And that requires some degree of awareness. CrossFit infinitely applies that, which means you have an infinitely attentive audience who is willing to pay good money to solve their problems. Nobody's inserting themselves in that conversation or that narrative. But to Ash's point, you're not getting paid $15 to coach a class. You're getting paid $15 to do lead generation. Like yeah. class is to literally work that class to the best of your ability so that they literally fall in love with you. And they're like, I will pay you hundreds of dollars to get more of your time. Right. Oh. And that's it. That may use it to your advantage. Yeah. That may be the most fundamental shift in the approach of coaching a CrossFit class for almost every coach out there that I have ever met. You're not getting paid to facilitate a class. You're getting paid to impress the hell out of a captive audience of between seven and 30 people. You got what they want. Class for free. You give me right? a class of 10 people and I will pull thousands of dollars out of that class because Amen. I will create thousands of dollars of awareness because that's what I love to do. Not because I like to tell people they're bad at things, but like 
it's my purpose in life, my true purpose in life to expose people to awareness and alternatives. Like I'll coach your classes for free. You're going to hate it because then I'm going to everybody's going to be like, I do do PT now, but I don't want to yeah. do PT. But my job is to get people to understand where their limitations are. And like, there's no more beautiful model than in a CrossFit class. Because like, here's what you won't do in PT. I can't produce awareness in Ashley in PT if she's not juxtaposed against Sam. It's much easier for me to elicit awareness, intensity, or otherwise when Ash realizes what somebody else is capable of. Because listen, we've all been in a PT solution or situation where somebody's trying to tell you to go hard, and you're like, "I'm dying. Leave me alone." Right? But when I see that Sam, who conceivably to me is not as fit as me, but he's beating me, I'm like, yeah. "Oof, that's personal." There's a lot of awareness that just happened there, right? And I will pay a lot of money to not lose that workout again in the future, especially if like Lisa has a solution to my problem. They're like, "Hey." Spend more time with me, you'll beat Sam in the next workout. I'm like, where do I sign? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think we really uh, dug into that one. There's lots of good insights and uh, and thought thought bombs in that one. So good effort, guys. Good chats. Um, Don't email me. People... I'm not coaching your classes for free. I just I threw it out there. <laughs> but I just want to disclaimer: I don't have time to come coach classes. I love you guys. I'll come work out at the gym, but probably not going to come coach classes. Yeah, that's that's the asterisk on this. Um, are we going to drop our little uh, mini announcement? No, we'll or do that. Keep it as a surprise. Another time for an, at, at another time, we will do that. All right, guys, we thank you for your time today, and look forward to catching up on the next one. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Lisa.